Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, the show that takes a look at film, technology, pop culture, pop queens in their rightful place, because in the end, everything is an ad. Hello, I'm Shannon Miller, the managing editor of Creativity, Creator Economy, and DEI. Thank you for another very special episode of Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. Um, joining me today is a very special co-host. You know him. You love him. Our fantastic producer, Al Manorino. Al, hi. Welcome back. Hi. I think this is like three episodes in a row. Who? Who's, in a row. Who's allowing this to happen? <laughs> me. <laughs> happy, happy to be here. Happy to talk more uh, Super Bowl. Yes. So usually we'd wrap we'd wrap this puppy up by now. There's... You know, how much more can we talk about um, or how much more what more can we say about a game that happened, what, a week ago, a few days ago? It feels like years have passed. But I'm still tired passed. from the Super Bowl. Is that possible? <laughs> yes, because I am, too. <laughs> and I feel like we've discussed um, every ad thoroughly. I've been on multiple shows Um, Now talking about the Super Bowl, but there is one element that I have not had an opportunity to really dig into because I wanted to save it for us with this special guest, our Europe brand editor, Rebecca Stewart. Hi, Rebecca. Hey, good to be here. Yeah. And you um, pretty much provided an opportunity for me to talk about Rihanna at length. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah, when I logged into work on Monday, I was like, how can I write a long read about Rihanna? But she made it very easy. <laughs> she, of yeah. course she made it very easy. And we're going to talk in depth about why she made that so easy. So you wrote this amazing article called Rihanna and Fenty Beauty played the Super Bowl long game and won. Essentially talking about how of all the advertisers during the Super Bowl, Rihanna was the best one, Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, everything is an ad and Rihanna's Super Bowl halftime show most definitely is an ad. I think I've watched it about four or five times now. Um, And yeah, the internet just gasped at that part when all of the lights came on and she kind of held out an outstretched hand and a dancer put a Fenty Invisimat compact into it and she just dabbed her cheeks and went on to the next thing. And everyone was like, did Rihanna just put a Fenty ad in the middle of her Super Bowl performance? And the answer was... Yes. (laughs) Um, But it was so much more than that. The brand had been, you know, um, trailing this since she announced she was going to perform at the halftime show. They'd done a number of really cool different things. And yeah, she's just a kind of force to be reckoned with anyway. And she just really sees that kind of comeback um, after a seven year hiatus back to the stage to, to showcase her brand, which is really what has been her focus for the best part of a decade. Yeah. And like you mentioned, there was a bit of a lead up to this. Like it wasn't just coming on the show, bringing on the compact and leaving it there. She had uh, this like special like Super Bowl forward pack with a football sponge. Mm -hmm. And there was like a whole digital rollout leading up to that. She had these really cool shirts about how like a football game was interrupting a Rihanna concert, which (laughs) I had not realized was a thing. I would have tried to at least get one, but I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did not know that it was happening. Um, so I missed the boat on that one. But it seemed like there was this really cool opportunity for two seemingly totally unrelated elements to come together in a really smart way. And that yeah. only comes with someone who has not only a good understanding of their brand, but a good understanding of the audience that she has access to. So it was, there was just a lot of really smart moves that led to this. Now, I, in terms of, um, people who are as big of like pop culture aficionados as you know, I like to pretend that I am. Um, Al, you obviously know your way around the music industry and musicians. Is there any other artist that you feel could have met this opportunity with the same gusto that would have made sense? Is there like another well branded artist that could have? Pulled off what Rihanna pulled off. I I don't. There's definitely artists that could take this stage, like the biggest, probably the biggest stage in the world is is you know the Super Bowl halftime show. There are some artists that could definitely leverage it for other things. You know, it's a perfect opportunity if you have like new music coming out. I think we talked about uh, a few months back when they uh, Rihanna was announced. I'm like, this is going to be the platform where she's going to promote new music. Like she's going to be like, oh, an album. My, my first single or album is going to drop tomorrow. And I think that's like the standard. It's like you have the platform and you have this giant audience, especially people maybe haven't heard from you in a long time, like Rihanna. This is the place to do it. I don't think anyone is this smart and calculated enough to do what she did, where she's like, I'm going to provide 12 of my greatest hits, mm-hmm. little snippets of that. And at the same time, I'm going to sell you Fenty. Like, that's crazy. That's really, really well done. Like, the only one I can think of who could come close to that would be, like, a Beyonce or a Taylor Swift. But they don't have a Fenty to promote. They have, mm-hmm. like, themselves to promote. Or, you know, again, like, a new music, new um, whatever. This, like, she was promoting, like, a, a lifestyle. She was promoting uh, makeup and clothes and everything. And just being, like, being associated with the coolest person on the planet. I don't know if anyone yeah. else can, could have done this. 
yeah, you're right. Like Beyonce has Ivy Park, which mm-hmm. is pretty essential to her brand. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that she's as intrinsically tied no. to Ivy Park the way that uh, Robin Rihanna Fenty is tied to Fenty. Like we, there was like this ongoing joke I think amongst us longtime fans. It's like she's gonna hop on that stage and it's gonna be a 15 minute <laughs> demo of <laughs> the latest lip gloss. And like setting spray and we're going to eat it up. It's going to be fine. (laughs) And I think that the one compact pullout was a Herculean show of restraint on her end. Because she could have done way more. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that moment? Rebecca. Yeah. So, yeah, as I said, one of the dancers kind of handed her the the Invisimat. Um, and then she dabs on her cheeks and, and, you know, she then reclaims the mic, just gets straight back on the mic. But kind of, she also, like, there were so many little finer details. Like, she wore a face full of Fenty on the stage and then on her social and on Fenty's social afterwards, you know, it was a rundown of her look, links to the products. Um, the dancers were wearing a new collection from mm-hmm. um, Savage which um, was followed up after the game by, like, text and email marketing. Um, Ahead of the game, there was lots of kind of fun TikToks and Instagrams um, that Fenty was doing where they didn't need to mention the NFL um, or the Mm -hmm. game. They they just kind of seamlessly integrated it. And, yeah, there was just so many, so many little details. Um, And then, yeah, of course, like Rihanna's still in her mind because she's just appeared on the cover of British Vogue with ASAP Rocky. So she's really working hard to keep her name in the news. And someone, um, I was speaking to this brand consultant, Donya Taylor, and she made a really interesting point that Rihanna has just trademarked um, Fenty Kids and pregnancy at the super bowl and then this week she's done the the vogue cover with her little boy um and her partner it's all feeding into another strategy and um donnie said she wouldn't be surprised if we saw fenty kids drop in the next couple of weeks so she's always planning ahead as uh (laughs) rihanna fenty (laughs) that's um (laughs) <laughs> I just um, mourned my wallet for a second. I didn't need to know about the tickets. R.I.P. Because I'm like, uh, Camille, what size is she? What size is she? Let me just look out for that. And it is it is very smart because so far, uh, Savage Fenty has been closely associated with adult wear. Um, mm-hmm. You have your lingerie and everything else, um, shapewear and all, all of that. So to sort of plant these seeds of like, oh, I'm also a family woman. Is yeah. really, really just brilliant and just speaks to why she's been able to build such an imp- an empire in a short amount of time. Um, and another smart move that I thought was really interesting. She let the dancers keep the uniforms. Ah. And so n- now if you go on TikTok, the dancers are seen dancing in their uniforms and basically like continuing to promote this moment. So now... There is additional PR and promo built into this moment off of sheer just excitement to be a part of something as huge as a Super Bowl game. So it's like now it's like there's no real option for it to leave your consciousness because these damn puffy white suits are now running rampant on TikTok to the point where you're like, (laughs) do I need one? Am I in the climate to sustain one? It's insanity. Uh, yeah. Al, what 
else did you kind of like glean from this moment? Well, I, it's funny because I think the day of the Super Bowl, I saw this thread and I want to make sure I give proper credit on, on Twitter. Uh, Joe Pompliano did this uh, pretty extensive thread about, you know, basically like, why do the halftime acts not get paid for their performances? Mm. And we're talking about the reason why, especially with Rihanna. I think this is like miles ahead of anyone else in terms of like capitalizing on this moment. Right. So he spoke about how the financials work and, um, you know, NFL signs a sponsorship deal and then the artist gets 10 to 15 million for the production budget. They're not getting paid that that is for the production budget. So that's where you're seeing Rihanna uh, basically um, reenacting a Super Smash Brothers level uh, live, <laughs> which is all, the best memes, by the way, is uh, all the, <laughs> yeah, the Super so Smash memes. Horrifying. <laughs> so funny. So horrifying. No, I was terrified the entire time. <laughs> Get down from there. Get down from there. Yes. Um, so and, you know, basically the budget. um the stages, the workers, the dancers, all that kind of stuff. And then, in fact, some of the artists who have performed in this Super Bowl halftime show have actually spent money out of pocket to mm-hmm. further, you know, further bring their vision to life. Like the weekend apparently spent another additional seven million on his, which was during the I think the COVID Super Bowl. So it's yeah. so interesting to see like how much money is involved in the spending of the halftime show, how much of the money does not go directly to the artist. And then you see how Rihanna's like, Oh no, 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 I'm going to make money. And it's not by selling a tour. I'm going to announce I'm pregnant again. So guess what? Still no tour for you. And I'm going to make so much money off Fenty and just again, capitalizing on this moment and continuing the conversation as, as Rebecca was saying, like, with the, uh, you know, the direct marketing afterwards, the social, and then of course what like this third, fourth life on TikTok, where now it's coming up on my feed, of of the dancers and everything like that. So it's it's mm-hmm. super impressive, and and I highly recommend checking out that thread on Twitter. Uh, it's just at Joe Popliano on Twitter, but it's very interesting to, and he does all these examples of like how much Justin Timberlake, you know, made and spent and all that kind of stuff in the weekend. And a lot of the more recent halftime show performances. but I think this will go down in history as maybe the most profitable, uh, for an artist yeah. for mm-hmm. sure. Absolutely. I think after, was it after the Beyonce show? That was when she announced her tour. And I think that's the closest that we've kind of come to like a perfect merge of like performance and branding. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, it was so subtle and it was so uh, natural for that to happen. Like if, let's say if we were talking about like the Maroon 5 show and they they came out with their own brand of like bottled water, it would have been really weird, so weird. for them to try to like shoehorn that in. Yeah. I try to forget but that halftime show. Thank you I, for bringing that back up. I'm so thrilled that I was traveling during that time. So I missed it. That was a, and it was was a one terrible thing. game and a terrible <laughs> halftime show. It was a bad it, Super Bowl all around. A fun fact for me, I used to be a diehard Maroon 5 fan. Like, there is documented evidence of me. And the thing is, I still stand behind songs songs about Jane. That is yeah. one of the oh, best yeah. albums. Yeah, it's yeah. a good album. It's a great album. It's a great album, and you know you have to pry it from their cold dead fingers, as far as I'm concerned. And like five was pretty good, like everything up until like 
the the weird uh, moves like Jagger era, and you're like, eh, I don't know. Um, and yeah, but obviously it's very very different now. But I digress. It would have been really weird for Adam Levine to just sort of like be like, oh, by the way, I um, have this like shoe line or this um, line of like specialized like bungee cords. I don't know. Like it just wouldn't have made sense. But just having her like she plays chess, like she plays like 3D chess while the rest of us play checkers when it comes to marketing. But she's a consummate marketer. Like everything that she does feeds into something else. Mm-hmm. So it's. I guess my, my question here, I know we're kind of like hopping around a little bit here, but uh, Rebecca, you've obviously looked extensively into what the after effects were for this. Yeah. Now, with someone who is already like, I imagine in the like intense black, I don't know anybody um, that isn't really dabbling into Fenty Beauty um, or Savage Fenty in some way. So I imagine that her profitability was already really high before this. Was there an added benefit for her? Yeah, so I think Fenty Beauty is estimated to be worth 2.8 billion and that's according to Forbes. Um, In terms of like sales figures or growth, we'll need to probably wait and see um, how how much impact that had. But I do have some kind of interesting stats on, you know, search and mentions of Fenty, like after the performance. So immediately after, um, during the second half of the Super Bowl, um, searches for Fenty and mentions online increased by 733%, which I think it would be so interesting to compare that to ads that actually ran during the game because none of them yeah. probably see anything near that. Um, and then according to Launch Metrics, which is like an analytics company, um, the kind of earned media impact or the value um, of that performance in the 12 hours after was 5.6 million. Again, I can't think of even another halftime act, maybe Beyonce, um, that could have grabbed that much headlines, that much press um, for their brand. So that wasn't just for Rihanna, sorry, that was for Savage by Fenty, the earned media impact. Um, and yeah, Rihanna herself, Bad Gal Riri or Ad Gal Riri earns an extra 1.5 million Instagram followers straight after. So she now has a cool 142 million. Um, so yeah, she was the MVP of the Super Bowl. I think we can all agree. Oh, absolutely. I think the only other brand that might have seen like a significant bump was Timu, mm-hmm. the um, online commerce ad. But I mean, I think... Obviously, for largely different reasons. It was more like, what is this? And why is this commercial running multiple times um, tonight? But it's, like, largely benefited um, those sort of, like, unknown brands. Whereas, like, she came out on top Mm -hmm. just across the board. Um, So, like, based on all of this, like, we know that a standard uh, Super Bowl spot is $7 million. Or at least that's what it was this year. It could very well go up next year. Do you feel that that price tag is ultimately worth it for brands? I know we can we kind of go back and forth on that a lot, but in at this moment, in comparison to like what Rihanna was able to accomplish in her 13 minutes, do you feel like that price tag is still worth it, or is it kind of a a premium tag for a little return? I think it's a premium tag for not so much return. Like, you know, on Adweek, we ran a blog um, or a, a kind of list of the the most popular ads this year. And was it Farmer's Pet? Is that the right brand name? Forgive me, because I'm obviously not in the US. But 
Mm. Farmer's Pet came out on top and that ad didn't feature a celebrity and those Super Bowl ads typically cost so much because they star celebrities, you know, beyond the media by itself. So I think it might not be that a Super Bowl ad is not worth it, but I think this idea of celebrity in the ads, we need to reconsider the kind of creative impact and the effectiveness of that because it's clearly not working unless you're Rihanna. (laughs) Yeah. Al, what do you think? I mean, I think Rebecca said it perfectly there. It's, you know, we talked about it a lot during the actual Super Bowl episode that we did, the the last episode. You know, every almost everyone had a celebrity in their ad this year. And, you know, I can count on, you know, less than a hand how memorable those were. You know, I, I think I, we maybe spotlighted the Duncan one. But there's a connection there. We know there was, you know, mm-hmm. Ben had already been associated with Duncan mm-hmm. through memes and just through, you know, his existence and his, uh, you know, connection with uh, Boston and Massachusetts, right? So it's like, totally agree with Rebecca that they have to rethink creatively, you know, if I'm going to spend $7 million, if I'm going to pay a crazy fee to a celebrity, what is the ROI on this? And is it is it just brand recognition? Does Pepsi need more recognition? No. Right. They're, they're, they should be trying to do something to get a return on investment, whether that's like a big contest or something, um, you know, promoting a new product or whatever. It has to make financial sense because that is a lot of money to waste. And, you know, we talked again at length about all of these alcohol brands who stepped in because there was no more exclusive rights uh, being to one brand. And like, again, not, not a lot of people showed up for that either in terms of creativity. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm going to, you know, it's definitely going to go up in price next year. It always goes up in Mm -hmm. price. I want to see more creativity and, you know, not less celebrity, but like, you know, make it make sense, make it useful, make it, make it, (laughs) make it, make it worth $7 million. Right. I think like the top uh, celebrity fueled ad for me was a for a product that does not apply to me. I, I don't know if I will ever need or use Workday, but that was one of the most memorable ones for me. Meanwhile, like Tubi, no celebrities, 15 mm-hmm. seconds, but it's a streamer that I now know about and mm-hmm. I like can honestly consider adding mm-hmm. that to my roster of streamers. So, yeah, there is, um, and, you know, as we mentioned with, with Timu, like, you know, how many of us knew what Timu was before the game? And now we're talking about it. Maybe not in the best light, but we're talking about it. And at least it's prompted me to check out the platform and go, oh, I could actually shop for some pretty decent deals on this. And uh, they didn't have any celebrities. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, there is, there just needs to be a deeper reconsideration of like what it means, what the working definition of a Super Bowl ad is. And I think that when we first saw the like flood of celebrities or when we first saw that like celebrities wanted in on the advertising game, it was interesting because it's like, what is this huge celebrity doing in a sort of like low level commercial like they should be out doing movies but that novelty has gone like that that's no longer like a thing that's out of you know the realm of possibility ryan reynolds owns a an ad company for god's sake so it's like we're we've moved on you have to do something a little bit different um but man if you can manage if you're big enough to get on the halftime stage i i hope you have a brand that 
is synonymous with pop culture as you are. And then maybe you can <laughs> get some good promo because that was some really amazing promo. Yeah. Um, on a simple stage, I, I really do wonder what the what she possibly shelled out of pocket for that because I feel like it wasn't much. It was a very simple stage. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think they just used the budget that was provided from, you know, the NFL or Apple in terms of, like, paying for everything. And then I think she just <laughs> raked in all the money from Venti. Pocket. Pocketed all of it. Pocket all That's of amazing. It. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brain or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. My dad works in B2B marketing. But I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be. I got one one question for you guys uh, kind of to end this as, as we're kind of wrapping up too is, you know, now that Rihanna has set this, you know, not even set the stage, but kind of changed, changed the game in terms of, you know, what you can do with a halftime show for your personal brand and for the brands that you're associated with, you know, I guess it's like a two part question. Is this a good look for Apple? Guess what? This did not feel like the Apple halftime show. This felt like the Rihanna halftime show <laughs> sponsored by Fenty. Right? So that's that's yeah. the first part. And then the second part is who's next? And and do you think it's going to be another artist that is going to specifically promote their brand during the show? Or are we going to go back to the old ways of just, you know, a 15-minute musical performance? I'll start with Shannon. Mm. That's a really good question. It didn't hit me until later, until actually we were recording the last episode of, yeah, that's probably an ad when Luz mentioned it was an Apple show. It, it totally escaped me. Whereas before, there was unmistakable Pepsi branding um, there. And I think that Apple maybe relied on sleekness and things that sort of ultimately defined the brand mm -hmm. um, to sort of show through. But all I saw was Rihanna and lots of dancers and Paris Gobel uh, choreography, which is way, which was way better branded than Apple. Like I spotted that in a moment. 
Um, and I was just worried that they were going to fall. And then I was like, <laughs> like little, there's a little part of me that was like, should I ask if she's pregnant? No, that's none of my business, but is she? So like, there was so much happening that did not connect to Apple directly. And I think that this is a start of relationship, right? So you kind of build from there. This is a good start, but what are you going to do to make sure that it is unmistakably your mark on the, on one of the biggest nights of the year. So that's going to be something that they think about. And in terms of like who's next, it's it's tough um, just because I know that they're not next for reasons. But if we are expanding what pop culture is and what it looks like, we have to kind of think outside of, you know, our Beyonce's and our Rihanna's and, you know, our, our Maroon 5's. And like, to me, the natural next step would be BTS. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen next year because they're enlisting. They will not be regrouping as a seven-person unit until 2025. So it's going to take some time. Oh, wow. But um, the, 2026, like, you, it would make the most sense if they are, like, still on top of their game, which I can't imagine that they won't be. I'm going to re- shell out a ridiculous amount of money for this um, Suga tour that's happening unexpectedly. But... That just seems like in terms of like the echelon of performer that we haven't seen on this stage before, that's kind of like the the next biggest in my head. So I don't know who's going to be next, but I know what the future should look like. And they should really consider, you know, not necessarily sticking to American artists. I understand it's the biggest American pastime of the year, but like, you know, we had a ad that championed Canada. We know that there's a lot that feeds into our pop culture and we need to just sort of expand on that. So yeah, that's my deal. Rebecca, what what is this? What, where do we see the Apple partnership going next year? And, and who do you think is the rightful successor to Rihanna? <laughs> I think with the Apple stuff, I'm kind of agreeing with Shannon. Like it was Apple's first year sponsor. They're just kind of settling into it. And also they possibly worked with Rock Nation, you know, on a bit of the Fenty stuff. Like they, mm-hmm. they already have that kind of history and legacy in dealing with artists through Apple Music. So they probably knew Rihanna might want to do something like that. And just for ease, they said, okay, you know, it's her first year. It's going to get people talking anyway about our show. Um, So, yeah, let's wait and see. I just pulled up a list of the contenders um, for 2024. And, yeah, Taylor Swift was on it. I think she might be in there in the mix. Um, Also mentioned as Jay-Z. Like, I can see someone like him really naturally integrating his own brand into performance. Someone like Taylor, maybe not so much. Uh, BTS they love an ad they love a sponsorship I could see that working but I think it kind of comes back to this is why Rihanna done it so well and you both touched on this at the start no one is as synonymous with their own brand no celebrity as she is no performer the only one I can think of is Kim Kardashian with Skims and I don't think she's going to be playing (laughs) at the Super Bowl anytime soon please God Um, But yeah, I think it would be interesting to see if a brand did like try and team up with Taylor, maybe if someone more kind of mid-level like Nike or Adidas, someone like that. I'm I'm not sure if a brand could, I'm not sure if it could be done in the same way as as Rihanna done it, but artists will will certainly be thinking about it now as they kind of uh, negotiate those those deals with Apple. Yeah. Al, what about you? I, I think Rebecca stole both of mine. I, I think Taylor Swift is the one that makes the most sense because uh, mm. she had an exclusive thing, I think, with Coke at, at some point. So that's why she was never able to do the Pepsi halftime show. Now that's kind of 
that's gone. So it makes a lot of sense, but I, I totally agree with Rebecca of like, what is she going to promote? She doesn't need to, she doesn't need help to sell out her tour or break Ticketmaster. Like she did that already. <laughs> I think, I think Jay-Z would be amazing. I, you know, I don't, he's such a business man. He's always been a businessman, but he's such a, like now he's very behind the scenes uh, and, you know, with rock nation making all of this happen. So he doesn't need it. He doesn't need to do this. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that he can find an artist that's going to take them to the next level. Um, I think, I think a BTS makes a lot of sense. They are already humongous. Um, but I'd love to see like, what's an artist that needs this global stage to just put them in the, in the stratosphere. To catapult them. Yeah. To catapult them. But I, that's, I think that's an, a, just an inherent issue with the Super Bowl is, it's not that it is very much like we need the artist that is at the top of their game right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see bands too. Like, you know, I think a real good band would be great. I think maybe because they've got this resurgence resurgence with this new album, maybe fallout boy. That'd be fun. How fun would that be? That'd be so much fun. fun. Like I, I've seen them live. They're crazy. They do the pyrotechnics and all that. Like literally, uh, you know, fire shoots out of the guitar. Like it's nuts. Like they can put on a really, really good show. Green Day. Green Day would be fun. There's a lot of great artists who are touring now. That would be really, really fun. What if it was like a Fallout Boy, My Chemical Romance? Oh, I would die. I would die. Uh, yeah, Emo Panic at the Disco. <laughs> I mean, you Just, can literally you can literally do the Hella Mega Tour, which I saw a few years ago, which was Green Day, Fallout Boy, and Weezer. That's that's perfect. Like make that, that happen. Fun. It's a fun but show. Yeah, like I would, I would scream for days. And conversely, because you know, I I love my girls. I would also um, die on the spot if it were like a Meg Thee Stallion, Cardi B, Doja Cat, where like yeah. Doja Cat mm-hmm. would be like one where it's like she's on the cusp. Mm-hmm. If not like already there, but that would just send her over the top. Ooh, ooh I got one more good one. Paramore. Oh, come on. I would that would be the one game I try to go to. Oh yeah. I'm there. I'm there. Uh no, that, yeah. I that makes a lot of sense too. Like with, you know, the new album, they're touring again. This is first album in a long time. Like, I don't know. Again, like I think they're gonna I think they're going to see the Rihanna, the the reaction to the Rihanna, and they're going to be like, let's keep leaning into that. And that's yeah, what I'm worried about. I'm like, momentum. please, please mix it up. Like, don't, don't, don't just like do one genre or like, oh, well, female artists are doing great. Like, let's just keep doing the, the single female artists. Or I, I really want them to experiment and, and give us new things, even if it doesn't work out. Um, but I, with Jay-Z, like behind this and Apple, I think, I think they can really make something great yeah. and not give us the Maroon 5 Travis Scott nightmare that that Super Bowl was. That was horrendous. <laughs> so bad. So, um, Jay-Z, we know you're listening. We yeah. know you love the show. Big and uh, we, we know you're listening. Please let a bunch of tired millennials plan the, <laughs> the, next, the next Super Bowl show. We have a lot of ideas. Doja Cat and Fall Out Boy together would be fun. What about and, Dolly Parton and Taylor Swift and Miley? Oh, that would be really good. That'd be nuts. But that's again, like, again, like Taylor doesn't need anyone. Taylor is a Rihanna in the instance of like, I don't need a guest. Yeah. I'm good. Like I'm set. Like, yeah. or Beyonce. Beyonce doesn't need a guest either. Like all these people are associated with, um, you know, being on features and stuff. Like Rihanna played snippets of songs that she was featured on and people went bananas. 
Yeah, I was like, oh, all of the lights, you're here. Um, yeah. Which I was still like, oh, God, does that benefit Kanye in some way, though? Probably. I streams on that I were, did wonder probably. that, yeah. But Jay-Z's in the audience, and she did back-to-back Jay-Z features. <laughs> I was like, he could come up. He could. She doesn't need it. I, no, and that's a, him, just, yeah. and him and Blue were there. And I imagine Blue was like, hold, hold, hold back. You don't need to go anywhere, Dad. Jay, no, Jay-Z was probably like, Blue. Chill out. Yeah. You can't jump on stage right now with Rihanna. I think if Jay Z done it, everyone would just be waiting for Beyonce to come on. Yeah. Well, I would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely would. And I will leave my comments. Oh, there sorry. Before. I got one more. One more okay. really good one. Really, really like the best one. Honestly. It better be good. Be- it's great. It's someone, honestly, when I saw them live, I'm like, oh, this is the greatest performance, live performance I've ever seen. Um, Pink. Oh, Pink would never hit the ground. Correct. So Pink would literally be flying (laughs) around the Super Bowl. Like, that's an actual, that's a show. And um, I'd love to see a Pink Super Bowl halftime show. I think that would be incredible. Pink needs a guest, though. She she can't do it on her own. Yeah. Yeah, Pink would definitely. I don't know. She's had, like, hits since, like, the 90s. Yeah. Go look at her catalog. It's it's extensive. But yeah, no, she but, could she could bring out guests and it could be like but again, like if you see a pink show, you'd be like, oh, she sells out her tours, like she has a diehard fan base, and it could oh, bring right, it like, yeah. to the next level for her in terms of like, oh, pink still is you know, pink's crushing it still. Uh, there's a documentary yeah. on uh, I believe it's on Prime Video uh, about like her last tour. It's it's insane. She is a Oh, she's, she's not a hardworking human. woman. She is not. It's it, it's sad for me because all of the songs that like endeared me to Pink, she like very much buries. Yep. Like that first album, she's like, nope, we're not nope. going to talk about that. And it's like, <laughs> but I want to talk about that. Let's talk about it. <laughs> was, let's talk about it. <laughs> In any case, whoever they bring out next, they have a hard act to follow. Yeah, and um, mm-hmm. they find interesting ways to either um top it or do a palate cleanser. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see what they do next year. So we will be here following that as well but i feel like this is a good place to end not only this episode but just super bowl chat in general i'm done i've done my time i have devoted a lot of energy to this <laughs> just no more football for for a, a little bit of time if we can manage it for 11 months for 11 months which we know in ad week time means actual like nine uh i think <laughs> the xfl starts this weekend just no it doesn't not, not yeah, in no. this house <laughs> Not, uh, and the usfl is coming too that's there's two brand new football leagues that are coming so what that is um audience for those who don't know that is um al manorino producer of yeah there's probably an ad telling me that the next few episodes will be de- dealing directly with those things and i'm gonna fight it i'm gonna fight it um do i win stay tuned um, she, will. she will win <laughs> In the interim, Rebecca Stewart, thank you so much for joining us and offering such incredible insights. And, um, you know, thank you for, again, giving us an opportunity to talk about Rihanna, which is always a good time. Anytime. And thank you, Al, for being an incredible three-beat co-host. Um, <laughs> I will give you a break next week, I think. Don't hold me to that. We'll see. <laughs> and thank you at home. Thank you for listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by me, Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Ahrens and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGivney at Boutwell Studios. 
You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Bible Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.